On today's episode of the podcast, I've got Jordan Syatt, who is an expert in many, many facets. He um, He's a five-time world record power lifter and uh, nutrition and strength coach. Um, he's got the education to back up what he's doing. He's Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer. And if you don't know who that is, just Google Gary Vaynerchuk. He's a big deal. Jordan's a big deal. Um, I'm honored and privileged that he even came on the show today. I've been making fitness and nutrition a lot more about what I do because your mental wellness, your mental health, it it runs in in line with your physical health, your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul. All these things interact together to help make you who you are. And Jordan and I talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about his own mental health and his journey and and uh, kind of discovery of anxiety and and what he does to care for his own mental wellness, just the same as we all should be caring for ours and we should be caring for our physical wellness. So um, you'll hear a lot more on the podcast coming up, not just today, but in general of more physical and um, and nutritional coaches on the podcast because I want to give you guys not just the um, specialty of my world with mindset and mental health and mental wellness, but also the importance of balancing your life with the other aspects. And Jordan does that for us today. Um, he's a phenomenal content creator. He's got an amazing um, podcast and website and blog, um, lots of free content that he puts out there. And his YouTube channel is hilarious. Um, one thing that's different from that you'll get from Jordan that you don't usually get from me or ever get from me is uh, some of his language. So I love it. It's raw. It's real. It's who he is. It's what attracted me to him from the beginning is just how real of a person he is. But just know that um, there is some language, not so much in this episode, but in a, in a lot of the stuff that you'll get from him because that's just who he is. And uh, he's an amazing person and I loved having him on the show. So let's get you to the episode and then make sure to go to the show notes and uh, go check out his all the things he's up to and all the things that he's doing on YouTube and Instagram and, and on his website. And uh, without further ado, let's get to it, you guys. Enjoy. Welcome to the Greatest Day Podcast. My name is Craig Smith, your host and the creator of the Greatest Day Mindset. This podcast is all about helping you gain the tools and the insights you need to shift your focus in life and begin living each day to the fullest. The Greatest Day Mindset is a lifestyle. It's a way of living each and every day with a positive attitude. It's choosing to be happy and live life with energy, no matter your current situation or circumstances in life. Today truly is the only day you and I have to live, shape, and create who it is we want to become. So choose to make today the greatest day of your life. Welcome back to another episode of the Greatest Day Podcast. And today, as you heard in my intro, I've got Jordan Syatt, who... Uh, is almost like just a Superman in many ways because he's hilarious and he's knowledgeable. And and what drew me to him is just his realness about who he is and how he shows up in the world. So um, for those that don't know, Jordan, say hi, and then just maybe just a brief introduction to just who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, thank you, man, for the kind words. I appreciate that a lot. Um, I'm a strength coach, nutrition coach. Um, I wear a lot of wigs in my content. I use a lot of accents. I like to deadlift. I like eating carbs. I love my mom. Um, and I, I'm super short. I'm really short. I'm five foot four. I weigh like a buck 40, buck 45. I'm bald, uh, almost bald. I got like that weird old man bald where it's like only on the sides of your head. So I shaved the whole head completely. Uh, Cause like when it starts to grow out a little bit, you see it from behind. You're like, oh my God, I've got like the, the bald that my grandpa had. Uh, so I feel like that's probably the best intro I could give. <laughs> uh, that it is the best intro I've ever heard. 
Um, and mom will appreciate it. Cause I guarantee she's listening. Right. Probably not, <laughs> but the bald man, the bald, the bald bearded look is like the look that has taken over. So fully embrace it. Oh, dude. I've, I've, when I, cause I started going bald really young. I started going bald when I was, uh, I think when I was like 18, I first started to see my hair thinning. And I, as soon as my hair started to thin, I shaved it. I was like, there's no point. Like I just got to get it over with. And so I was a little bit anxious at first, but then like within three months, I was like, ah, oh, this is it. Like, that's cool. And, um, once the beard started to come in, then I was like, all right, this is, this is the play. Like this is, this, it just looks badass, bald head and, and thick beard. Very manly look. <laughs> so that, I mean, but that honestly, like is all humor aside, like speaks so much about you anyway. And what drew me to you is just you're like, this is me and this is how I show up in the world and, and you don't like it. Well, I'm not worried about it. Has that always been a part of you or has that a, been a work in progress? It's always a work in progress. Always. I think, um, number one, we all have insecurities, myself included. I think to be, to be candid, I think that I had a lot of insecurities growing up that I had to deal with head on that largely because of how my mom helped me deal with them, that they helped me become develop strategies to deal with them better as life went on. So for example, number one, uh, being super short was always a big insecurity of mine growing up, like being like the smallest kid in class, um, getting teased for it. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons I, I really liked wrestling because I got into wrestling when I was eight. And when you're short, like people will pick on you. I started wrestling. I remember this one kid picked on me. His name was Ben on the playground. It was in, it was in elementary school. Picked him up, slammed him on the ground after like six months of wrestling. No one picked on me again throughout the rest of my uh, like elementary school, middle school, high school after that one incident. And I loved wrestling because I think it sort of helped me deal with that. Um, but also... I was in special education growing up. I was in special needs. Like I, I didn't learn the way the other kids learned. And I was, I got like extra time in classes. I was allowed a note card. Every time a test came up, the teacher, like the special ed teacher would come in and be like, all right, Jordan, got to come to your private room. And because you get some extra time. And I'd be like, I hate you because the girl that I like just saw you come in here and say that I can't take this test in the class with all the regular kids. And it was brutal and devastating for me. And I think the, I remember vividly how my mom would help me deal with that. Like, I remember I went home one day just sobbing, being like, why am I stupid? This sucks. And she was like, you're not stupid. You just, you have to work harder than the other kids. And I, I remember, I vividly remember that moment in our living room. I was just crying. I was super young. She was like, listen, you, you don't get it as quickly as them. Like, that's just a fact. Like you don't get it as quickly. So you have to work harder. So either we can just not work, which isn't an option, or you just work harder. And that was it. And I think that, that habit of, of recognizing the behavior, recognizing the insecurity, and then dealing with it immediately is saying, well, this is what you have to do was something that was ingrained in me because of her, which is like, you know, start going bald. All right, shave it. I'm not just going to sit here and dwell. Right. It's done. It's it. This is it. Just do it. Yeah. I love another thing. I, I'll probably say this a hundred times, all the things I love about you, but um, that's a, that's just another thing is just um, embracing what is and, and, playing, basically embracing the cards we're dealt with, right? Instead of like, well, I want to be like them or why tech, why can't I learn like them or, or her or, and it goes so far in the mental health field, field where I'm at, the nutrition and fitness field where you're at, where people are always in this comparison mode rather than just, this is me for what I am. Let me make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. One of my clients was, was messaging me today. I do like a, a live Q and a with a bunch of my clients at once. And, uh, she, she was, she asked basically like, Hey, you know, when you were, cause I was a competitive powerlifter, I trained at Westside Barbell. She was like, when you were there, did you ever struggle with, with being like feeling weaker than everyone? Cause I was weaker than everyone by far. I mean, the, their weakest guy before me squatted 800 pounds. Like I was, <laughs> that was their chump lifter. So I went there when I was in college and I was I was 127 pounds soaking wet. And, and she was, she was telling me that she feels really insecure when she goes into a powerlifting gym, because she's one of the weakest ones. And she was wondering if I ever dealt with that, like being insecure about being weaker than everyone. And I was like, number one, yeah, of course, like it sucks to be lifting way less than literally everybody else. It sucks. If you have one training partner and they're stronger than you, like it sucks. But number one is what are you going to do? Like, are you, is that really going to be your main focus? Like what's yeah. the point of, of that comparison? And number two is, 
I think one of the things I'm most lucky is that I, I'm very competitive. And so instead of spending my time um, dwelling on the negative, I use it as a positive to fuel me to work harder. I, and I think that that mindset shift of, okay, so we're going to compare this and then it's not the outcome you want currently. So you quit versus you compare this. It's not the outcome you want currently. So you work harder for it. I think that 10 times out of 10, everybody understands the better option is to choose the work harder option. Right? And, and so that's just what I've always found to work best. Yeah. We, <clears throat> I always, I like to always think about like, well, and teach with my clients as well, like discomfort uh, is is the way to discomfort is the price of admission to the, to a meaningful life. Right. I think Susan David said that, but, um, but it's pushing through these moments of discomfort physically, mentally, emotionally, but going back to even the expectations, that's something that even in preparation, I thought about like talking, talking with you about is, is expectations. And I think people setting, I mean, just talk to me about, about the clients you work with and seeing their expectations as far as their regimens, their fitness plan, their nutrition, what all that looks like and, and kind of how we work, help people through that. Man, that could be, that could be a whole library. Like, like that whole topic. I would say for me, the most important part, whenever I'm working with someone, or even if I'm not working with them, even if it's just like a conversation like this and people hear it passively, um, the expectations have to be realistic and that has to be from the outset that you have to have realistic expectations. Cause if you don't, you are setting yourself up for failure. And that's where, why one of the reasons why most people fail is because they, for example, if someone wants to lose weight, they expect to lose weight every day, or they expect to lose a certain amount by a certain day. And inevitably that doesn't happen because our body isn't a static system that just like depends on one thing. And we can predict how much weight you're going to lose and how much time that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So when someone, when I'm working with someone and I'm speaking about this, I'm like, listen, you can do literally everything perfectly, literally everything. And you might only lose this much by this day. And that's totally fine because how much you lose is number one, it's not the only marker of progress. And number two is it doesn't tell us the whole story. So the more we can educate them beforehand about what to expect going into it, the more they'll be able to actually understand they can be making progress, even if it wasn't what they expected beforehand. Right. So one is <clears throat> setting more realistic expectations. Yep. Yep. Um, always being, always being open to adjust the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes the goal isn't even where we need to get to anyway, but it's a starting point, which is fine, but be willing to adjust. I think you did a, you may have done either on your stories or a podcast about your goal setting. Yeah. Um, did a whole know. podcast on it. Yeah. Yeah. So being, and I love that because being, being okay to be like, here's my initial goal. I posted today on my Instagram stories. I had a vision board from 2018 and I had all these fitness milestones, like a 450 squat, a 405 deadlift. First of all, those would crush me, right? If I ever, <laughs> I'll probably never hit those numbers, which is totally fine now because I think I hurt my back and I'm just, <laughs> forget it. But what else was on there? Like a 315 or a 305 bench, which I did hit a couple of weeks ago. I got three, nice 325, feeling good about that. Fifth, this is what the story was about though. 15 pull-ups. Mm. Um, and so I did this whole thing on my story today, which was like, if I just went in and just did pull up, like no warm up, no nothing. I just walked in and said, I'm going to get 15 pull-ups right here, right now. First of all, it's probably not going to happen with where I'm at. But second of all, that might not even be the goal anymore. Like, mm -hmm. what was that about? Speaking of the squatter deadlift goals, like, what was that about? Well, that spoke to where I was at in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, but what it really is about is what are the, what are the other subsets? What are the targets that will help me get the overall goal? Yeah, absolutely. So what are the little things that we can do to feed it? If it's the weight loss goal, what are, what's the lifestyle stuff that we can do? I think people miss that a lot. Wouldn't you like, is that something you see a lot too? Yeah. The thing I think, I think a lot of people, and, and I'll say this, I don't think there's there's anything wrong with having a, a goal to lose weight. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Totally fine. The issue is, is when someone's goal is solely to lose weight, they usually end up 
not seeing the other markers in which they're improving. And when their goal is solely, for example, we'll, we'll use a different example. If someone's goal is solely to make money, that's all they want. All, all they want is to make more money. They're starting out with a business. Well, you just start out with social media and making a podcast and writing articles on your website. You just start this out. Like, do you really think you're going to make any fucking money in the first month? Like, are you out of your mind? You're going to spend way more time and way more money than you're going to make probably for a, maybe a year, maybe two years. Like that's, that's building a business, but it doesn't mean you're not doing things right. It just means you haven't given it enough time yet. Like that's all, it's literally all it is. So going back to, to weight loss and fitness, if your only goal is weight loss and that's it, and you're not looking at other markers of progress, well, maybe you're not losing weight as quickly as you would like, but your inches are going down. Your strength is, is improving. Your, your blood pressure is improving. You're sleeping better. Your mood is better. Like, are you tracking your consistency? Like, is your relationship better? Is your sex drive better? What, like, let's track all this stuff, like legitimately. And let's understand what all these markers include so that when a time comes in which maybe you're a little bit disappointed in how, how you're not losing weight as quickly as you want, but you, your deadlift improved, your chin-ups improved, you did your first push-up, you're walking more, you improved your mile time, your relationship with your partner is better, your sex drive is better, all this stuff. It's like, wow, you know what? Maybe I'm not losing weight as much as I thought, but at least all of this is improving. And that will in, it, make it more likely for you to continue and keep trying because, again, it doesn't mean you're not doing everything right. It just means you haven't given yourself enough time yet. And then over time, you'll reach that goal as well. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, we get so focused on one outcome, which honestly, the weight is, the, the weight doesn't even represent a whole lot. It's, it's what your body is, the pressure is putting down on a scale that day and that time. Yep. But the, the, how a piece of, piece of clothing fits or how the mood feels or how you're treating your family. I mean, back to your money example, it's like, I think money honestly is one of the easiest things to get. In my mind, mm -hmm. I think it's yep, really yep. easy to, if my child was dying today, I could probably find a way to get $10,000. I'm, I, I guarantee it. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it doesn't mean I've done it an honest way. It doesn't mean I didn't ruin relationships along the way. Um, I can go make as much money as I want this coming week or this coming year. And I can have a horrible relationship with my wife and my kids. Yes, exactly. So the same with weight. Like you can, you can get as, I guess if your goal is to, to weigh a lot maybe it's muscle building or whatever, or as little as possible, it's not going to show us anything except that. It's just a number. It doesn't tell us anything about the rest of your life. Correct. That's exactly right. And, and again, it doesn't mean it's worthless. Like it's data, it, it's, it's valuable and it does have merit and it does show us, it gives us an idea of whether or not you're trending in the right direction, but yeah. to place your entire self-worth and to place your literally every marker of success on that, well, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. So many other things that are, that hold more value than, than that, but I love that. And since I, since I've been weighing in daily, by the way, I think I saw you, that probably is another influence you had on me was, um, it has totally changed. It's totally shifted. Like I look at it just so I can put it into my fitness pal, just so I can see the graph, just so it's just there. It's just a checkpoint now. I love that. Um, it's, it is nothing. And it went up 10 pounds or 12 pounds in December. Um, the greatest growth that I had in December with my 12 pound gain <laughs> of all that I lost over the three months before that was, I didn't feel bad about it. I knew it would go away. I was present. I enjoyed people and things and food and company. Um, and then I got back on it January 1st. It was like, okay, it's probably more like the fourth because I think that was, <laughs> it was like, so what? It was like, so what? This is, it's a number and I'm not running away from it because it's moving in one direction or the other. I'm just embracing it. Not to mention if you don't gain a little bit of weight over December and, and November, December, like you probably didn't enjoy it. Mm. You, like realistically it's, there are so many holidays. There's so many family get togethers. There's, there's so much, much calorie dense food and there's so much cultural eating as part of just what you're doing. If you don't gain weight, you probably didn't enjoy it at least not nearly as much as you could have if you were more liberal with your eating. And for me, it's like, cool. So on Jan one, 
you maintained your weight throughout all of it. And like, you didn't really enjoy it. Or on Jan one, you were 10 pounds up and you had an amazing holiday season that you'll never forget. You'll be so glad that you actually enjoyed it. As I was thinking, if you're 90 years old, you're not going to look back on Thanksgiving 2020 and be like, oh shit, I really wish I didn't have that extra slice of pumpkin pie. You will look back on Thanksgiving 2020 and be like, man, I can't believe I was so uptight that I didn't even allow myself to have an extra slice of pumpkin pie, right? Like it, for me, that just makes the most sense. Right. And as, as long as you get back on track, as long as you don't use it as an excuse to eat like an asshole for the entire year, mm-hmm. then you're good. Yep. Yeah. I always joked with the, uh, it was probably just an excuse, but now it makes a little more sense to me now, but years ago, I'd say, I don't want to end up like the people on the Titanic who said no to dessert. That is not the <laughs> life I'm trying to live. Like how many people were sinking going, and I say it like, I'm just messing, but how many people were like, man, I really wish the double chocolate cake I went to said no to. It's exactly right. First of all, you're on a, you're on a cruise ship or, but like, why are you saying no to dessert anyway? That's the whole reason you're going anyway. Um, but it's true, right? It's like having perspective. And, and I think we miss a lot of that in this world of like diet culture stuff and, and body positivity stuff, man, that's probably another topic we could go down, (laughs) but just this, just this whole approach of like, I don't know, there's, there's just bigger things to be thinking about in life than the number game. I think, I think that's maybe the point we're hitting and hopefully people got it. Um, Something else that has stood out to me just watching you is occasionally you'll drop in um, comments or you'll, you'll talk about anxiety and Mm. support you've gotten for anxiety. And as a mental health clinician myself, like I love hearing that from people who have pretty big space in the world. And you're one of those people. I I mean, I don't don't know your numbers. You're probably like a million followers or something on Instagram or aren't you? Aren't you pretty close to that or something? Yeah. 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 Around there. But what that means is that a lot of people are seeing you and hearing what you say. And so when you say something like that, like the word anxiety, which everybody's got on the spectrum somewhere, yes, somewhere, one in five in the world has a diagnosable mental health disorder, but we all have characteristics of mental. It's, it's our, it's what we are. It's like saying someone doesn't have a physical health. Like that doesn't exist unless you're dead. Even then it's probably <laughs> some sort of state. So we've all got this mental health, mental wellness, I love hearing people who, who kind of have this spotlight on them talk about it. So first of all, thank you. But, but tell us a little bit about just that. Like, was it something you've always had? It was kind of a thing that surfaced. You got more awareness about it. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I was the least anxious person ever. I was super just happy go lucky, da, 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 like whatever, enjoy life. But it's also like, okay, you have no responsibilities. It's like, you know, it, when you're a kid, you don't, there's, there's not as much stress. There's not as much pressure. Um, and even when I started to get older, even after I started my business, I started my business when I was 21, I was in college. So I was in my dorm room. I didn't know I was starting a business at the time. I just, I made a website and I didn't know an online business was possible. I was just writing articles about strength training and nutrition to help people. I didn't, I didn't know PayPal existed. I didn't know you could have a business online. Like online coaching wasn't a thing. Instagram like wasn't really a thing yet. Um, so I was just writing articles to help people. And even then, like no anxiety, no issues, still like pretty relaxed. Um, I didn't start getting anxiety until things really started to get bigger until like my audience started to grow. And, and that in combination with quote unquote, cancel culture, just paralyzed me, just really, really paralyzed me. Um, and you know, when I was younger or even when I, when I was building my business before, before I had a big audience, I could, I'd never really thought twice about what I was posting. I guess I thought, but like, yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't think about like, for example, putting on a wig and like, I would never think, oh my God, someone might be offended by this. Maybe I shouldn't post this because then if they're offended, then they're going to post a thread about this on Reddit and then everyone's going to go crazy and try and tear me down. And then who knows what people are going to say. It's like, that never would have occurred to me ever. I would just post it because like I wanted to post it. Then uh, probably about two, two years ago or so when things really started to, to explode, not even just from a, a business perspective, but from a social media awareness perspective, from people knowing who I was and following me, um, which they're intertwined, but it's like a Venn diagram, how much you make and how many followers you have are not, it's not like a, a linear relationship. Um, 
the more followers I got, the more I was like, oh my God, like this is getting really scary because, and especially, especially then in this past year when tensions were so high politically and, and socially and culturally, like, oh man, I couldn't post anything without a handful of people. Like literally every time posting something, even something totally fitness related, sometimes it wasn't about what I said. It was about what I didn't say or like, like just everything everything was someone and a group of people were jumping down my throat, posting about me, questioning me literally right before we got on the call. Someone was messaging me, me being like, uh, your fiance doesn't look like she wants to be on your videos. Why do you keep posting her? if She doesn't want to be on your videos. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like if she didn't want to be in my videos, I wouldn't fucking post it. Like, but there's always people who are coming at you in some way, shape. That was literally within 15 seconds of us hopping on this call. Um, so the anxiety really started to build up from that. And it's, it's something that's taken me a long time to understand, but it's, it's not natural to have so many people's opinions flooded into your awareness uh, in an instant. It's not natural, like human nature. That's not what we were designed for. It's right. like, even like a, it, the most I could possibly think to is, is maybe like a king or a queen or like a, a famous warrior of a time. Like, but this is like obviously long, long, long times ago, even then, like they couldn't get that many people's opinions about them because the, it was by word of mouth at most. So like there was a, a, a limit to how much they could hear. Um, and then even 50, 60, 70 years ago, they're like, radio, maybe TV, like, but like, even then it's not in your inbox, right? There's not like people are going into right. your inbox saying, like, Hey, here's this. Hey, here's that. Screw you. I hate you. Blah, blah, all that stuff. Even if it so, was being talked about, it may not make it back to you. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So then to have it in my inbox, multiple inboxes, multiple social medias, all multiple day. comment sections all day, every day, and literally just complete act, like it's in my hand all the time. It was, it was, really anxiety producing. And so mm -hmm. I, I knew I wanted to uh, talk to a therapist, but I kept putting it off and I kept like just not doing it. The only reason that I ended up doing it is because my health insurance, uh, they were having an issue with my payment. So I, I had to call them because it wasn't going through on auto pay. And, and they're like, Hey, yeah, this is like a, a company-wide thing. It's just, we have an issue with auto pay. So I had to, we fixed it on the phone call. And then at the end of the phone call, they were like, is there anything else that, uh, we can help you with? And I was like, well, you know what, actually, um, are there any therapists in my network near me? And they're like, well, we'll send you a whole list. So they sent me a list. It was on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I called four of them. None of them picked up. One of them called me back the next day. And then they set me up with someone in their, in their practice. And that's been the same guy. His name's Jesse. I spoke to him every Monday, spoke to him today, every Monday for the last probably six to eight months. It's radically improved my anxiety. Uh, I won't say it's gone completely, but I will say I'm much more aware of it. I'm much more aware of the logic versus the emotion. Uh, I'm, I, I do, I do and did something called catastrophizing, which I'm sure you know what that is, where it's like uh, you, you, you think about what is the worst case scenario and you sort of have this slippery slope of like, well, if I do this, then this will happen and this will happen and this will happen and this will happen and boom, then I lose my business and people hate me and did it and all this stuff. And so he's really helped me realize, okay, well, no, how likely is that to happen? Like really, like how likely is that? And to logically discuss it and do that with him, but also on my own. And uh, it's been unbelievably helpful. I love it. So good. Um, <clears throat> and it's as simple as that, right? So for even for people listening, like, wow, I want someone like that. It's as simple as if you're blessed to have insurance to call your insurance, they, they will hook you up with five mile radius, these 42 people who accept your insurance or online. Now everybody's online doing therapy these days. Um, that's how I do mine. It's on zoom every Monday. So, and yeah. I, is he pretty local to, is he local by you too though? I, I know he's in New York. Like he's oh, never okay. told me where, but yeah, he's, he's relatively local. And he said with everything going on, he was like, if I travel or even if I move, like it's still totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. He'll still, he'll stay licensed in there. I, but I see people, I actually have, um, I got two people in New York right now that I'm seeing. Oh, that's amazing. Cause their insurance covers cross, cross state lines. So I love I see that people in, in New York right now. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. So I love the part that you said though, and maybe you can talk a little bit <clears throat> just in your process, what that's like 
separating, what did you say? Separating, lo- putting logic and emotion, separating the two. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, I'm like, well, yeah, you just explain anxiety. That's perfect. But for somebody who, who's not, and that they go into that rabbit hole of the what if and turning these things into much bigger things, or um, as I've talked about, like looking, I hate spiders, but looking in the corner of my <laughs> office and I'm pretty sure, right. I'm right here. I'm acting it out, but it's like, there's a shadow. I don't think that's a shadow in the corner of my office. It's a giant man-eating spider. (laughs) It's going to get me and I will die, right? It's like, okay, hold on. Let's separate this for a second. But but anyway, so say a little bit more about that. The logic, the emotion, like separating the two. Yeah, so there are, there's a lot that I could say on the topic, but basically um, one way that I've thought about it is this. Um, I think everyone can relate to the circumstance in which you're mad or angry or anxious about something, right? Maybe you got in a fight with your spouse, your partner, and you need to vent to somebody about it. So you're pissed off. That's all you can think about. And then like you get your buddy on the phone and you're like, you're not going to believe this. Like what? And then as you're about to say it, you're like, I know this is going to sound silly, but, and it's that moment in which you're switching from the emotion to the logic, because before you vocalized it, it's all been stirring around in your head. And it's not really one, it's not a logical train of thought. It's just a bowl of emotion swirling together like this, like chocolate pudding, just like swirling together. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you vocalize it, now you can actually say logically, well, this is what happened. This is what they said. This is what I said. I guess it really isn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And so as you're saying it, like, yeah, this sounds really silly now that I'm saying it, but like, I'm still angry about it. And so that's where you can separate the sort of like separating the oil from the vinegar. Right. It's like, okay, well, what, what here is emotion and what here is logic and do, should I be angry about it? Should I be anxious about it? Um, and then if I, if, if it's something that really shouldn't be making me anxious, not getting mad at myself for being anxious, that's another part of it. Like it's okay to feel that way, mm-hmm. but how do we deal with that? Right. It's okay that you feel that way. Cause if you, then you, if you then start berating yourself for that, how you feel, well, now you're feeling bad because of how you feel. And that's even harder to deal with. So recognize how you feel, be okay with it, but then, well, what's the next logical step, right? So what do we, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And so I think the more you can, I, that's one of the reasons why I, if I'm ever feeling anxious, like I will literally put my phone down and have a, a verbal conversation with myself, like literally in the moment, I'll be like, okay. I'm feeling anxious because I feel like I, I'm going to post this video with me wearing a wig and I'm worried that someone is going to be really offended about it. And then they're going to go into their group and make a post about it. And then they're all going to get really mad at me and say, I'm a terrible person. And then I'm going to lose my business. And then I can be like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. Maybe someone will get upset about it. Maybe someone will post about it in a group, but I'm not going to lose my business over it. Like there are many people, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who said that they love it. So it's okay. Even if some people don't like it. And if that can be, that's something that I do in practice where it's like, when I actually am feeling anxious, I have an, I literally, and it sounds weird, but I legitimately have an out loud conversation with myself and that immediately calms me down. Uh, I mean, well, you're talking to a therapist, so it doesn't sound crazy at all. <laughs> And I love how you did it. I was writing down like how you, you did so well separating those two. I'm feeling, so you'll have an actual conversation. This is for people listening to, this is like practical stuff. Take this. And I wanted you to talk about it because I can say it all day long on my platform. It's different. Exactly. It's yeah. different because this is what I do, right? So people, oh, yeah, Craig, that's what you do. This is easy for you, but you did it beautifully. I'm feeling blank. Label the emotion. Now, you know, you are actually in emotion. Because blank. Yep. Run that through. It's okay to feel this. It's okay to think this. You're human. Like this is this is part of by being a human being, you're also a human feeling. And so, okay, feel all this stuff. Say it out loud. Also, the beauty of therapy, right? Is you can wait, now that I said that. Wait, Craig, what am I paying you for? I just solved it on my own. <laughs> I know. Why are you coming in? Anyway, so lay the emotion part out of it. I'm feeling blank because of blank. And then get into the logic part. Okay, what is actually happening or what's more likely to happen? And then in what, three, five minutes, under 10, you've probably walked yourself through it. It's usually under 75 seconds. A minute or two, you're you're done. It's usually under 75 seconds because as soon as you start to verb, when you're thinking about it in your head, you feel like you could talk about it for hours. You feel like it's like sort of like, you know, a dream. You feel like you have a dream and you're like, oh my God, that dream. I went to so many different places. But like, if you actually 
like look at dream research, they last a matter of seconds. Like they're not like long, you don't, they don't yeah. last for hours. It's a matter of seconds that you had this huge long dream. That's so vivid. And you remember so many different parts of it. You, it's, it's unbelievable to think that it only happens a matter of seconds, but it does same thing with this, where it's like the emotion, the anxiety is, is filling you up so powerfully that you feel like you're going to explode and they could just go on and on and on and on. But as soon as you just open your fucking mouth and say what's making you anxious, it, it all comes out within a matter of seconds. And then you have the opportunity to, to make it more logical. <clears throat> yeah. And that's the beauty of voicing it, whether it's to yourself or in a journal or writing it. Now, if you guys are going to do that, I'd, I'd recommend reading your own journal entry out loud just so you can hear it. But just speaking it out loud to yourself in conversations, it takes the power and the, the almost like the fear or the, the emotion outside of yourself and it takes the power away. Now it doesn't, Absolutely. it's not gone and it doesn't take it away, but it lessens it big time to where it's manageable. Absolutely. And I still struggle with it. I still struggle with it. Like it, I'm, I'm not like anxiety free at all. Like I yeah. still struggle with it, but I'm better with, with coping with it and I'm better with dealing with it. And I no longer prevent I no longer allow it to prevent me from making content, which is really the biggest thing. Yeah. It, was like that, it was preventing me from speaking the things I wanted to speak. It was preventing me from doing that. And like that created more anxiety because I felt like I wasn't being real. And I was like, that's, that's me. Like I want to be who I am and that's how I've built my brand. So for me not to be able to do that, it was a huge, it was a big, a lot of cognitive dissonance. It was a lot of anxiety. Like, am I, am I actually being real with them? Because I'm not saying what I believe, well, what should I say? Like, it was a huge, big mess that uh, I've, again, I've not perfected, but I would say I'm 75, 80% better. Yeah, no, I relate with that. I think I could go back in my, my feed, my Instagram feed and be like, that's the moment where I stopped. Not, I didn't stop caring what people are thinking about what I'm doing, but I stopped letting that voice be louder than the one inside of me that said, mm -hmm. you're compelled to share a message, do it. Yes. I can see the post where it happened. I love that. That's a, yeah. Same thing. Same thing here. Yeah. So everyone may not be on this, have this online platform, but just think about it. Even just what, what Jordan's talking about is even stepping on the scale, like sitting with the feelings that come up when you see a number and you've attached meaning to a number or you do some kind of challenge and you don't complete it or you do, but the results didn't match where your expectations were. Like, just be okay to sit there and, and think about those things. And what is that actually saying to yourself and talk back to them and get the, get these emotions and these things outside of your body and outside of your mind to uh, take the power away from what they, how they control us. A common one I've seen with a lot of my clients is uh, people get really nervous and anxious. Uh, let's say they're going to go out to eat on a Friday night. Right. And they're like, Oh my God. Like I'm going out to eat. I can't really control what I'm eating. I'm scared I'm going to get fat. I'm like, okay, let's just take a second here. Let's say your best friend gave you a call. We'll call your best friend, Becky. Becky is really nervous. She's like, oh my God, I'm going to go out to dinner night with my family. I'm super nervous because I can't control my calories and they have this amazing hot chocolate lava cake and I want some, but I don't want to get fat. What would you tell Becky? Would you tell Becky like, oh yeah, you're right. Like you shouldn't eat anything because if you have a little of that hot, that lava cake, you're going to get fat and you're already fat. Like, no, of course not. You wouldn't say that. Be like, listen, it's one meal. It's not a big deal. Enjoy it. Get back on track. Same, same thing with yourself. Like before you go out to dinner, like say, listen, I am nervous right now because I'm going out to dinner tonight and I won't have any control over the food I'm going to have. And I don't know what the calories are. And I'm worried about losing my progress and getting fat. Well, now you can logically say, I know no one ever got fat from one meal, just like no one ever got skinny from one meal, right? Like I know like logically, no one ever got skinny from having one salad. No one ever got fat from having one donut. That's not how it works. So I know even if I pig out completely tonight, it's not going to ruin my progress because tomorrow I'll get right back on track. And usually then like once you go out, you no longer have the urge to binge. You no longer have the urge to overdo it because you're not doing anything bad. You, it's not like you're, you're, you're breaking any rules. It's okay. And then from there, you end up enjoying your meal, enjoying your time out without the anxiety or limited anxiety. You wake up the next day. Of course, the scale is going to be up a little bit. You ate more than usual. It's not fat. Like if you drink 12 ounces of water right now, you're going to weigh about three quarters of a pound heavier than you did before you drank the water. The scale doesn't tell the whole story. Mm -hmm. So the more you can make everything logical as opposed to emotional, the better you can deal with the emotions. It's, it's kind of similar to um, weighing in daily. You start to steal the power away from what that means. The thing Absolutely. that came to mind just now as you were talking was um, 
And if anybody knows anything about Jordan Syatt, then Big Mac Challenge comes to their mind. <laughs> but that was kind of the thing, right? And if people don't yes. know, then go to his YouTube channel and I'll put it in the show notes, but go watch it. It's amazing. Because that's exactly what happened is, is you you took this power away from a Big Mac, which is what? You know the calories, 540? 540, 540, exactly. Oh, see, <laughs> have you had one recently, by the way? No, I did have two double cheeseburgers and a large fry like two weeks ago though. Oh, well, you don't, you don't look fat. That's weird. <laughs> no, but it's that, right? It's like you do something and you start to take that fear away from yourself. The more I go to the corner of my office and look at the shadow and realize it's not a spider. And even if it were, it's not a man eating one, it starts to lose its power. And my fear starts to go away. And I realize chocolate lava cake for dessert is not going to change my life for good or for bad, but missing out on the opportunity to connect with my best friend and enjoy a little sweets may. So I'd rather embrace it and enjoy it. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. You want to say anything else about that big Mac challenge? That was the video was awesome, man. You know, I, in July, I'll have been making content for a decade now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've made a lot of content, like thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of content. And that's the one I'm most proud of. Um, you know, it's funny when I started the challenge, I didn't expect the weigh-ins to be such a huge part of it. I didn't expect to get a big response. I expected just the biggest response to be, well, you're eating a fucking Big Mac every day and you're still losing weight. What ended up being the biggest part of that challenge is people seeing the scale fluctuations mm -hmm. and people seeing that like, oh my God, even though you're in a deficit, your weight spiked up like four pounds overnight, or, oh my God, you went to your buddy's wedding and you ate way more than usual. Your weight spiked four to five pounds. Then I got so many messages that day. It was like day 17 or day 18. I drove from New York to Vermont for my, one of my best friend's weddings. And I said, I was like, Hey, it's my buddy's wedding. You better believe I'm not going to be in a calorie deficit today. Like I'm drinking. I'm eating and I'm having fun and I'll get back on track tomorrow. And I weighed myself and I was over four pounds up and, and I made a whole video. I was like, I'm four pounds heavier today. Number one, we all know it's not fat. You don't that physiologically, you don't get fat that quickly. Number two mm -hmm. is, um, I'm just going to get right back on track and, and that's it. And I got no joke, thousands of messages that day alone, never mind like res residually from it, but thousands of people being like, that's where I would have quit. Like I would have, if my weight spiked up four pounds overnight, I would have quit. And I, and I, and I said, that's why you fail mm -hmm. because you see the scale spike up one time and you think it means you failed. That's normal. And that's, it's one of the reasons why, why women really get the shaft because their weight fluctuates more than men based on hormonal changes, especially around their, their menstrual cycle. So it, it's one of the first things I'll do with my female clients is like, Hey, I want you to track your weight for 30 days. And, um, I want you to tell me when it's, when you're coming up to your period so we can see the weight spike. So we get all this data, we see their weight spike. I had some clients, some women clients, uh, fluctuate upwards of seven to 10 pounds every month yeah. during their menstrual cycle, not fat. But when we got three months of that data, they knew exactly when they would start to gain weight. They knew exactly what, and, and then instead of comparing the day before it happens to the, to the week after, now we compare their menstrual cycle weight to each month. So February 15 to March 15 to April 15. So now we see the trend on a monthly basis as opposed to a daily or weekly or, or biweekly basis. We go every month. So even though their weight might've spiked up seven pounds, it's still down a pound and a half from the month prior at this time. And that's what really makes sense. So good. <clears throat> it's so good. A big thing I somewhat related piggybacking on that is these like 28 day challenge. And you do challenges as well. Like you put challenges out there for people, but um, that's the thing I think about when people fail. Yep. Um, and I was that way too, for a long time, I thought 5% of 95% of diets fail or whatever the number is. Right. <laughs> um, but really thinking about it and you, you can speak to this, this is not my, my place, but 28 day challenges, 30 day challenges, 90 day challenges. They don't, they, they don't fail in my mind day 29 or day 31 or day 91, those fail. Correct. You know, it's funny. So the, the thing for me with challenges and the, the way you can separate the good challenges from the bad challenges are, are based on the advertising. Right. And that's it. Right. So for me, I can always tell if a challenge is good based on, all right. So in this advertising, 
Are they saying you're going to achieve your goals by the end of the challenge? Or are they saying this challenge is going to help you get started for the rest of your life? It's not as sexy of a sell. And you probably won't make as many sales if you say the truth, which is this is just a kickstart to help you set better habits, to help you develop a better lifestyle, to get you, to get you started in the right way. Uh, you're not going to make as many sales. You're just not. But it's the truth. The, the challenges that say in 28 days, you're going to lose 20 pounds and you're going to get to 6% body fat and you're going to do it. It's like, okay, that's nonsense. We all know it's bullshit. You, when you're buying it, you know, it's bullshit. Uh, and, and so for me, when I do a challenge, I'm, I'm, I'm very clear. I'm like, this is not a weight loss challenge. I give, I give money prizes too. I get, so for my calorie cycling challenge, I give three people a thousand dollars. And, and I say not only that number one, in terms for them to, to win, uh, pictures are a part of it, but everyone's required. If you want to enter to win the thousand dollars, you have to submit a 500 word, uh, written piece explaining what you learned from it, what you were doing wrong before, how you improved during the challenge, and what you're going to do to improve going forward. If you don't submit the 500 written word, you are not entered to win the challenge. And right. I also say, if you lose, uh, it's it's a little bit subjective based on you know the the individual. But if you let's say I say, I say this is a, a 30 day challenge. If you lose 18 pounds in this 30 day challenge, you are not winning the money. Like this is not designed to see who can lose the most weight. This is designed to see who can develop the best relationship with food and who can set themselves up for success. So if you lose three and a half pounds and you tell me that by the end of this challenge, like you, you were, you were, I, I also say this, I'm like, I, I have them track their consistency in a consistency calendar. If someone says they were hundred percent consistent and lost 12 pounds, they're not winning the challenge. I don't want hundred percent consistency because you can't sustain that forever. I want during the weekends for you to go off track a little bit, enjoy yourself. So if someone says, you know what? I was 84% consistent. I lost three and a half pounds. I gained strength. I enjoyed my favorite foods in moderation. Like that person wins because that's what you can do forever. Yep. That's it. Those, those are the day ones after the challenges. Cause that's what it's about. Anyway, the challenges are fun. They're fun to kind of push yourself mentally or physically. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's about sustainability. I, I just yeah. had, I should have had, I wouldn't have, but a, a, cli <laughs> a client just leave my office before we hopped on this. And we were talking about her scale, about her weight, about this new kind of journey she's on. And, and um, she started and I, and I told her, I'm like, how about you just eat consistently? Like just eat. And in the nutrition field, this is not my arena. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutrition. I don't know any of that. I do know some stuff. That's not my area. But I said, how about just be consistent? Like something you want to be long-term. Who's that, who's that lady you want to be long-term? Well, I'd like to fuel my body. I'd like to drink more water rather than soda. I'd like to walk daily just for my own mental health. And I'm like, cool, let's do all those things and see, I promise you, watch what happens to your body. She lost like four pounds this last week. I'm like, Let's be cautious about the number. The <laughs> same way that even if you gained a pound, you still are creating a lifestyle. Yeah. So let's not get so excited about a four pound loss, just like we wouldn't get too down about a one pound gain. Like, yes, but cool. Look, there was some reward for the, the price you paid. You actually got some stuff out of it. Cool. How do you feel? I feel good. How'd you sleep? Well, not great, but a little better than last time. Awesome. Like, so I love it. <clears throat> I love that this is the message that you send out to people. And it's about, it's about sustainability, really. hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, say, say, I say something quick about, um, well, you don't have to be quick. You say, well, <laughs> but good food versus bad food. That's a really common thing. I hear a lot in mm -hmm. just in my office about when people are trying to get their fitness back on track is what's good and what's bad. Yeah. It's funny that's a huge part of the Big Mac challenge. Um, so if you haven't seen that video, definitely go check it out on my YouTube. But for me, I always, people are usually pretty adamant about there being good foods and bad foods. So whenever I'm, I'm working with a client, I'll be like, okay, so give me an example. Like what's a bad food? Is it, is it high carb? Is it, is it low carb? Is it high fat? Is it low fat? Is it organic? Is it gluten-free? Does it have gluten? Is it high sugar? If it's high sugar, does fruit count as bad? Cause that's really high sugar. Like what's a good food and what's a bad food? Like what's the definition? Cause if we're going to say something's good or bad, we have to have a definition for it. And there's, they're like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like, okay. So you're just literally just like, you're making it up. Like you're just sort of willy nilly being like, well, that must be bad because I don't know. It's processed. Well, 
that's really not a good definition because I mean, realistically, everything that gets on your plate, unless you're growing it out in your backyard, like everything's processed, number one. Um, so, so, and we have to understand that. Then the the people with a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a educational background, they're like, well, there are good calories and bad calories. I'm like, okay, this is a good next step. Let's talk about that. Like, what is the definition of a calorie? We have to talk about that. Right. So if there are good calories and bad calories, we have to understand what a calorie is. So I always ask, what's, what's the definition of a calorie? Uh, most of them don't know of those who do know they're like, what's well, a unit of measurement. I'm like, perfect. That's right. What does it measure? Like it measures how much energy is in a given food. That's exactly right. It tells you how much energy is in that food. I was like, so I always say, now, let me ask you this. If I told you how much, how many calories were in a certain food, if I, if I told you how many calories were in a certain food, there's hundred calories. Do you know what food I'm talking about? They're like, I, I can't know because you, you can't know just based on how many calories. It's exactly right because it's hundred calories is hundred calories. Like it doesn't tell you anything about the nutrient composition. doesn't tell you about the fiber, the carbs, the proteins, the fat, the vitamins, the minerals, nothing. It just tells you how much energy is in the food. And I would say this, let's say we're talking about a mile. A mile is a unit of measurement, right? It tells you how long a certain distance is, right? You have a mile in the forest you have a mile on the sand, you have a mile going uphill, you have a mile going down a hill, uh, you have a mile on gravel. They're all a mile. All of them are a mile. It might take you longer to run a mile in the sand than it would to run a mile on pavement going downhill, but it doesn't change the fact that you're still running a mile. The distance is always the same. The composition of that distance is different. And the composition of that distance will change how quickly you can finish it, how quickly you can run it. But it doesn't change that the distance is always the same distance. Same goes for a calorie. A hundred calories is always a hundred calories. Now you, no one in their right mind would say a hundred calorie, a hundred, uh, would no one in their right mind would say an apple and a donut are nutritionally equivalent right? They're not, they're clearly not an apple and a donut are nowhere near nutritionally equivalent, but a hundred apple calories are the exact same as a, as a hundred donut calories, because all they are, are units of measurement. They just tell you how much energy is in the food. You'd be able to eat way more food from a hundred calories of an apple because it's more nutrient dense. It's less calorie dense. Whereas the donut, you'd have a smaller bite right? A hundred calories of a donut would be a smaller bite. So you wouldn't fill up as much. There's less fiber, but you don't know any of that just from the calorie allotment. You just know a hundred calories is always a hundred calories. As you get down to the nutrient composition. Now we know a donut has more sugar. A donut has less fiber. A donut has, has less vitamins and minerals. An apple has more fiber, fiber and an apple is more nutrient dense. An apple is probably going to improve your energy a little bit more. It's probably going to have more sustained energy over the long term. So clearly the foods are not the same, but all calories are created equal inherently by definition. And when we know that, well, now we can say, well, there are no good foods and bad foods because number one, in terms of, if we're talking about weight loss, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. Number two, this is something I find very, very important and massively under discussed. Everyone loves to talk about physical health. Very few people really discuss mental health and, and, and recently mental health has become a big buzzword. I think people do it to, cause they, it feels good to talk about it. And they think like, well, I talk about mental health. Like I I'm, I'm, I stand for mental health, but that same person will say, how dare you have that donut? Like that's not good for you. It's like, okay, well for one person saying no to the donut is progress because they need to lose weight. They struggle with saying no, they, st they struggle with having boundaries. They struggle with emphasizing uh, nutrient dense foods, but for someone else being able to say yes to the donut without having anxiety being able to say yes to the donut when, with, with their son, with their daughter, with their kid, with their family, being able to have a slice of pizza or a slice of cake or the donut without fearing that they're going to lose all their progress. That's progress. It's mental progress. It's emotional progress. That is mental health improvement. So if we're going to talk about health, we have to include all aspects of health, not just physical, but mental as well. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show you, you can't just classify a food as good or bad solely based on the number of calories it has. Love it. Good thing I didn't hold you to that quick description. <laughs> No, it's beautiful. It's that, I mean, I can, there's nothing for me to add to that. It's just see what fits into your, your lifestyle, your goals, where you're, where you're pursuing it. And this is where you'd have like a good coach or a nutritionist along your side who's helping you through this stuff. Um, and there are things I will add this, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are foods that if I eat them, I know my body responds differently. Yep. So for me, it doesn't make it a bad food, but it doesn't do well inside of my body. I'm going Absolutely. to avoid those 
much, much more than, um, than the other ones. doesn't make them good or bad. It just makes them not, not go well for me. Yeah. And, and that's the important thing to remember here is it doesn't mean they're off limits for everybody. And it doesn't mean they're off limits for you. It means you are aware now of how they make you feel. And if they don't make you feel good, then why in the hell would it's like, it, it's like a conventional deadlift, Like it's a great exercise. But if every time you conventional deadlift, you tweak your back, why in the hell would I tell you to keep conventional deadlifting? Like maybe it's just not a good idea for you to conventional deadlift, whether it's because it's just how you're built, your bone structure. Maybe it's because your current mobility standards, whatever it is, like I'm going to have you go sumo or trap bar because it might feel better for you. They're all great lifts, but conventional might not be the best fit for you right now. Same thing with foods. Like it's not good or bad. It's just, is it a good idea for you at this point in time? Yeah. Yep. Back to the sustainability choose foods, be, be a student of your own body and your own history, what works well with you, what fuels you better, what feels better and learn from those things. And uh, don't beat yourself up so much when you go off track of what you had in mind of what, what it should or could be. Um, and I know we're finishing up on time here. Um, I wanted to, to thank you for part of that calorie, good food, bad food is I no longer buy chalky protein bars. <laughs> I take the candy bar and I add an ounce of chicken to my salad later in the day. And I get the I same amount of calories. I get the same breakdown of energy of food. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things when I first started following was like, why, why are you eating the, if you like the protein bar, eat the protein bar. I'll have the Snickers, the added protein later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the number of people who got mad at me with that was so funny. People were like, ah, oh, how dare you? I'm like, listen, stop pretending that your like chalky protein bar tastes anywhere near as good as a Snickers. It's more calories. doesn't taste anywhere near as good. And all you have to do if you want is have an extra ounce of chicken or have a protein shake like later on in the day. Like I was going eat- to actually do the math and have it ready and be like, look, my bag of peanut butter M&Ms and um, my chicken breast later in my quesadilla or an extra chicken equals the same as that pro probably less actually. Cause some of those protein bars are packed. Dude, it's uh, they're candy bars with protein in it and the protein makes them t- taste bad. And they're not, <laughs> and they're not satisfying or, or feeling like exactly what's the word satiating. satiating. Yeah. They're, they don't fill you up kind of like the whole big Mac thing. Right. When you did that, it was like, you ate it. It was great. It was calorically dense. It wasn't filling though. It was, that's what sucked by day four. I was like, okay, this sucks. Like it's cool, but like, I'm hungry at the end of the day. It sucks. And that's why we fail again on these diets that fail. I'm air quoting that people can't see me, but that's why they fail is because there's not a long-term plan of sustainability. And that's really what we need to get to. So you guys need to go over and follow Jordan, get his humor, get his things. You've seen me on my story, my followers anyway, rollerblading lately. That comes from Jordan. Let's go. Rollerblading all the time lately. That's awesome. You love it. Um, And that came from Jordan, his excitement and his, uh, you got your rollerblades and you were so happy. (laughs) So happy. I'm like, dude, I've got my K2s hanging in my garage. I'm riding them. And I've been riding them a couple of times a week, a couple of times a week. And it is fun. It's so fun. It's like you're flying. It's the best. Well, it's like you're flying because you actually know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm not quite like flying, but it is fun. It is really fun. <laughs> You'll um, get it quick. You'll get it super quick. It's coming back. It's coming back. I, uh, you've done something before though. You've skated, you've like you played yeah, hockey, yeah, yeah. something. I can tell by the way. You no, so I, I used to, uh, before I had a car in high school, I rollerbladed to and from high school. Cause like I didn't okay. have money for a car. So but I would literally rollerblade to and from, and I did that for years. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I, I played a little bit of roller hockey, but mainly I just, I, I literally use my rollerblades for transportation. Mm. <laughs> it, it, you guys, it really is about just creating fun in your life, finding a way to make food part of that rollerblading, whatever it is, your mental health exercises, your physical exercises, following Jordan is a good way to bring fun and excitement into your life. Cause his stories are the greatest stories on Instagram of all time. Um, I was going to send you a message the other night. I was watching Brink. Do you know what oh, dude, is? I love that movie. Yeah. It's so I was watching Brink two nights Disney ago. <laughs> I was going to send you a picture of that. Um, anyway, I appreciate you for real. I think we could keep going on and on just about all things, but um, I'll link everything up about you. You want people to go to a specific place to anything no. you got coming up or. No, no, it's podcast, Instagram, YouTube, all of it. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get them all linked on there. People need to just 
just to have more of you in, in their lives. So, um, and I'm always a support if there's something you need, maybe your guy's not picking his phone up, send me a message. I'm happy to be a support to you in any way I can. I appreciate um, that, man. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And keep being uh, just you being real. That's, we need way more of that in the world. So um, again, make sure you uh, let me know when this goes live, send me, send me uh, the link and I'll post it up on my stories. <clears throat> okay. We'll go um, a couple days. Probably Wednesday. Cool. No worry. No rush. No rush. All right, you guys. Well, have a, a wonderful rest of your day. And you already know, make today the greatest day of your life. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Greatest Day podcast. Hopefully today's episode was informational and gave you something that will help you as you continue to improve your life, stay present, and make each day better than the last. As always, please share with anyone you feel may benefit from this podcast and share it on social media. You will find me on Instagram at Greatest Day Mindset. Come on over, give me a follow, and stay engaged with me there. Lastly, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and I'd really appreciate a review from you guys. Ultimately, this is what keeps the podcast alive and helps it to be advertised to other people. Thanks again so much for your support. We'll see you on the next episode. And as always, make today the greatest day of your life.